Welcome to the Creating Wealth Show with Jason Hartman. You're about to learn a new slant on investing, some exciting techniques, and fresh new approaches to the world's most historically proven asset class that will enable you to create more wealth and freedom than you ever thought possible. Jason is a genuine, self-made multimillionaire who's actually been there and done it. He's a successful investor, lender, developer, and entrepreneur who's owned properties in 11 states, had hundreds of of tenants and been involved in thousands of real estate transactions. This program will help you follow in Jason's footsteps on the road to your financial independence day. You really can do it. And now, here's your host, Jason Hartman, with the complete solution for real estate investors. Welcome voters to episode, oh my gosh, what a fiasco this election is. Welcome to episode 1587, 1587, as we have an election that is too close to call. <laughs> it is really crazy. Uh, and um, there's a lot going on, but we don't have any answers yet on the big election. Of course, there are some answers on some of the Congress, of course, and all of that. I'm sure you know it all. And these propositions, especially in the crazy state of California, is absolutely out of control by any measure. So, you know, a lot of that is coming in. Some of it, it seems like they should be calling it, but they're not calling it. I don't know why, you know. So uh, we'll see. We'll see. It's, uh, it's going to be an interesting several days. And for this reason, we are not going to do our live stream tonight because, you know, we just can't outline any real strategy yet uh, because we don't know what we don't know. Uh, so, you know, maybe we'll do it tomorrow. Probably not. We did a live stream this morning, and that's what I'm going to share with you uh, now. Adam and I did that, and I know that uh, most of you uh, weren't on that because it was impromptu. So we're gonna we're gonna replay it here on the podcast. If you were on, listen again, and you'll probably hear your name mentioned uh, because we had so many good questions and comments. We really weren't covering election stuff per se. We started out with that a little bit, but what we were talking about is housing affordability and um, you know the idea of are we in a bubble or not, and a lot of this will be reassessed as we see what happens in the political sphere, because of course, politics really do impact the economy. There's no question about it. People have at times criticized me for talking about political things on the show. And I'm like, are you kidding me? If you don't think this impacts real estate investing, the economy and investing in general and tax law and uh, all sorts of things and you know, regulation of how much housing supply can come on the market or not come on the market. Politics is like the context of, you know, fish that don't realize they live in water, yet everything in their entire existence comes out of water if you're a fish. It's the backdrop. It's the context. It's so important. But it's not everything. And the great thing about income property is no matter what happens, if your candidate wins or loses, there are always strategies with which to adapt. I, for example, was not impressed with the Obama regime uh, for the eight years uh, under which uh, they they ran the executive branch of the country, just one of the three branches, of course. Remember, we have checks and balances in the good old US of A. But under the Obama administration, I, I was, you know, 
critical of many things that they did. I, I, I would, you know, I was critical of Bush too. Okay, so don't get me wrong. I'm critical of all of them in one way or another, but uh, some more more and less than others. But you know, I made a ton of money in real estate under Obama. Okay, so there's always a strategy. There's always an adjustment. I remember one of my very very liberal friends sending me a voicemail message that. I should send back to her <laughs> in 2016 in the morning after uh, Trump was elected. She sent me, you know, a couple of voicemail messages saying that uh, she thought the economy was going to uh, going down the tubes. Uh, in her words, it was going to shit. And uh, I think, you know, the word I just said, uh, <laughs> but I bleeped it and she should sell all her properties and, you know, leave the country and all of this stuff. And it turned out the complete opposite happened, right? It was the biggest peacetime expansion in history, with a possible exception of the internet expansion that Slick Willie Clinton just so happened to be there in the right place at the right time. But to his credit, as I mentioned to Evan yesterday, to Rabbi Evan, the one thing that I will give... Uh, give good old uh, Slick Willie Bill Clinton credit for back in the 90s is that he he was somewhat laissez-faire for a Democrat. He, he didn't interfere nearly as much as you might think he would have, given his background and, and ideology and so forth, with the economy. He sort of just let it do its thing. And, uh, you know, I give him a lot of credit for that. I, I mean, you know, the man obviously didn't have very good character, no matter what side of the aisle you're on. Uh, we're all pretty familiar with the Clinton crime syndicate. And, and hey, we might just get a front row seat to the Joe Biden crime syndicate over the next four years. Uh, and I know, I know you Trump haters are thinking the opposite. So, you know, look, whichever way it goes, it'll go the way it goes. We have what we have. We'll adapt and uh, we will uh, make things work either way, either way. So, uh, but it's, uh, yeah, it's pretty interesting. <laughs> it's, a, it's a nail biter for sure. And it'll be interesting to watch. So again, no live stream tonight. I'm going to have you listen to one right now that's as fresh as this morning. It was totally impromptu, but we just went on and talked about a bunch of things, but mostly about, you know, whether or not we're in a bubble, you know, and, and, and looking back in history and, and comparing things and inflation indexing them and so forth. So let's go into that now. But I do want to remind you, our most highly acclaimed webinar on estate planning, asset protection, and tax reduction is up and available for you at jasonhartman.com slash protect. So check that out, jasonhartman.com slash protect. It's a way that you can get a family limited partnership, an LLC, a corporation, a trust set up really, really inex inexpensively. And uh, you can set up land trust really inexpensively and really just learn a lot about that whole area of estate planning, asset protection, and tax reduction. So check that out, jasonhartman.com slash protect. And now let's go to the talk I had with Adam just this morning as we explore some really interesting topics. Here we go. Welcome to all of you people out there in election land sitting on pins and needles as this election is a uh, 
It is a close contest, isn't it? Adam, uh, our fellow Democrat and team <laughs> member, we got uh, point counterpoint here today, maybe because we've got both sides of the political aisle represented. Adam, welcome. How you doing? I'm doing pretty well. I didn't pay a ton of attention last night, so I'm doing well. Well, that was a good discipline not to pay too much attention to the election last night because, uh, heck, you know, I had a feeling we wouldn't know anything. And you know what? I have a feeling we're not going to know anything for a few days or maybe <laughs> even a couple of weeks if the Supreme Court gets involved. But we'll see what happens as the Democrats try to steal the election. Oh, <laughs> I thought you'd appreciate that. Yeah, You know, I was talking with Naresh uh, Monday, I think, and we were discussing the election and he was saying, Naresh is another investment counsel for those who don't know. And we, he was saying he's not sure if he'll see another Republican win the popular vote for the rest of his life. And it's quite possible. Well, you know, I think if it does turn out that Biden wins and they give amnesty to, you know, what, 12 to 15 million current illegals, or as Hillary Clinton says, workers without papers, <laughs> you got to love that one, then um, that will lock in a Democrat vote pretty much uh, for many, many years to come. I am hoping that does not happen because I think that would be extremely unfair. But hey, we have what we have. That's the world we live in. So let's dive into it today. Of course, income property is the ideal asset class because it provides income depreciation. And of course, we mean depreciation in a good way as a tax benefit. It's a wonderful thing. The best tax benefit of all is depreciation. And equity growth, that's obviously good. And appreciation, that's obviously good. And leverage, meaning you can do more with less. So let's go ahead and jump into our talk today as we're going to talk about bubbles and so forth. But of course, visit our website for privacy policy disclaimers and all that good stuff. Reach out to us, jasonhartman.com. Or if you're in the United States, you can always call us on the good old fashioned telephone at 1-800-HARTMAN, but that's a US only number. All right. So Adam has prepared some good stuff for us. But before we get into investing content, and talk about income property, the most historically proven asset class in the world. At the time of this recording, Biden is in the lead. Adam, what say you? I am really surprised to see Arizona go to Biden. That that just kind of surprised me, actually. I didn't think that would happen. I have to give it up. My tinfoil hat just made a comment on our, on our, on our presentation. Bring asking in the if, comments, if folks. Con did Kanye win? My tinfoil hat, thank you for making me laugh this morning. I appreciate it. <laughs> Kanye did not win. No, Kanye, I don't think is, is going to win, at least not this time around. <laughs> Give him four years. Who knows then? Yeah, I kind of, I knew it wasn't going to be the landslide that, you know, all the pollsters were predicting. I actually posted, I think the poll, the polling business might go out of uh, business after this election because they've been shown to be... They've been shown to be pretty useless the last two elections. Yeah, and pretty biased, I think. You know, polls actually, they create a self-fulfilling prophecy issue. And um, just want to remind everybody about self-fulfilling prophecy. One of my favorite quotes comes from the old sleepy uh, California senator, S.I. Hayakawa, the late, uh, I should say, but he was kind of the sleepy guy. But he wrote a book on self-fulfilling prophecy, which is pretty interesting. And he said something very telling. He said, the self-fulfilling prophecy is something that is neither true nor false, 
but it is capable of becoming true if it is believed. And you know, that speaks to the idea of political polls because they do influence elections. You know, if the pollsters say this or that, it'll keep people at home, they'll stay home, they won't bother to vote, you know, or it will make people just give up and uh, say, ah, you know, Biden won or whatever, right? And so the polls really do bias people. And um, I I think they should be, uh, you know, not allowed maybe uh, for a week before an election or something like that. But the problem you had this time is you had all this mail-in ballots, and I'm sure there's just massive voter fraud. I'm (laughs) saying that in a partisan way. I'm just saying that's just a fact. Uh, What do you think about that, Adam? Do you think I'm being... Paranoid when I say yes, that. I do. I think I mean, they've I think they've shown that there's the number of instances of mail-in ba- of ballot fraud in general is very low, like very very low. Okay, so let's just let's just slice that up for a moment. You know, would you agree? I'm going to ask you a couple of questions on this, as our okay. fellow Democrat representing represent. <laughs> okay, so would you agree that most postal workers would be Democrats? I would say you have a decent likelihood that the people at the desk and sorting your mail are Democrats, yes. What about the people picking up and delivering the mail, the carriers? Probably. Okay. Sure. So so you agree that most postal workers are probably Democrats, okay? Do those postal workers know which districts are likely to lean Republican or Democrat based on, you know, their route? Do you think they know that? One would assume that they have a general idea. Yeah. So, you know, general ideas, if they're in a like an upper middle class area or a middle class area or now with Trump, a a sort of as a populist president, a working class sort of blue collar area, which Trump obviously appeals to that vote quite a bit. They know what area they're in. Right. And the ballot is in the package. You know, you can see it's a ballot. You know, they don't have to open it to know what it is. Right. Uh, So you agree with that? Yeah. Yeah. So the mail carrier, if they're in a largely Republican district, they could just see ballots and decide to lose them. They could, except most states have a way to track your ballot. Well, tell tell us about that. I mean, you can literally in a lot of states go online and see if your ballot made it and if it's been counted. But or you can do a text uh, alert. Okay, so first of all, I didn't know that. I didn't vote by, by mail, so I didn't use that system. Our president um, did. Okay. Who, who did? Trump. He votes by mail. No, I thought Trump went to the polls. He, no, well, Melania he, did, I know. Melania did. Morning. No, no I, Trump, I thought Trump went to the polls as well. No, he votes absentee all the time. He may have gone this time, but the last election he voted, he mailed in his absentee ballot. Interesting. Okay, so... So you can track whether your ballot was received or not. I I did not know that. I don't know if you can in every single state, but I know in a lot of states you can. Okay, but someone has to do that. And, you know, they have to take an active role and and do that and see if the the ballot got there and and was counted. But you could say the same things about voting machines, though. You're putting your vote in and who knows what's happening when the the bits and bytes start happening. Fair, fair enough, but that's a lot more complicated fraud to orchestrate. You got to be a, a tech person and be able to hack the system or run the system. And by the way, just so you know, uh, listeners, I did uh, a couple of episodes on that many years ago, maybe 10, 12 years ago on the electronic voting machines and the possible uh, fraud there. Uh, on my holistic survival show, maybe played those on the Creating Wealth show years ago. I can't remember, but 
look in the back catalog for my old shows and you can learn about that stuff. Uh, but yeah, you know, what do you think? I think it's pretty easy or at the, at the postal carrier level and the postal sorter level for them to influence the election with these mail-in ballots. I just think it's really scary. I mean, there, there's more mail in this time than ever before. Okay, yes, we always had absentee ballots and stuff. I get it. But this time, it's a thing, right? With, with COVID, it's, it's all changed. I just, I believe in the goodness of humans, Jason. Oh I don't think God. they're doing that. Oh, my God. Are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> I believe that most people are good. Well, okay. So I don't know. Most people, some people, a lot of people. I, mean, I, I don't know. I, I don't think about. ballots are getting lost magically. I don't think people are getting bags full of ballots and throwing them out. You might find ballots thrown out, but they're going to be ballots of people who received them in the mail and decided not to vote by mail and got rid of it. Well, we'll see. We'll see. Folks, what do you think? Comment below and tell us what you think. And also, please tell us where where you're located when you're watching here. Uh, uh, we'd love to hear from you. Michael Gruner, one of my clients, said every precinct in Washington also has ballot boxes if I, someone I, doesn't feel comfortable mailing their ballot. Yeah, I, I know, Michael. I was on his podcast a long, long time ago. So good guy. Good guy. So I don't think I'm showing the right comment. He must have. No, he, he commented again a little bit below that. Okay, so. so, I mean, in every ballot, every area does have ballot drop boxes. Texas had lawsuits about that this time around um, because our governor tried to limit it to one per county. So that would mean that all of Houston, five million people had one ballot drop off location. Mm -hmm. uh, okay, so let me let me. Just that's worse. <laughs> yeah. Let me just jam through some of these comments here. Landslide, 60,000 votes. So. That's Kanye. Kanye got a 60K. Did he really? Is I don't know. <laughs> oh, okay. I don't know either. Okay. So most um, of the voter fraud allegations and lawsuits that have actually happened that they've discovered have been Republicans for the record. I'm skeptical about that. Again, well, I haven't researched this issue a lot, but it just seems very logical that, you know, that based on the questions I asked Adam a moment ago, that that fraud is really and this is not a big orchestrated fraud it's just losing ballots that's all it is just losing ballot that's just really easy to do you know just super easy to do okay okay so the gold color you mean chicom charlie washington governor uh brought up by the chinese waiting for a red dawn event i don't know what that means adam if you do please come i'm not sure yeah okay Ultimate bargains if federal if postal carriers decide to lose ballots, then that's a federal felony. Yeah, I agree. It's not worth it's not worth the risk. Good, but good luck. Good luck fi finding. It. I mean, seriously, do you know the bar the the standard by which it is to prosecute somebody for that? It's it's insane. Okay, it, it, like how are they going to? Most people aren't going to chance it, Jason. They're not going to yeah. chance it. You're kidding me. People commit crimes all day, every day. It's that's all the time. Okay. So, hey, our Sunshine Girl, regular viewer from Australia. So Sunshine Girl says media also lead you to believe things if they repeat them enough. Don't let them convince you as Americans that you're so divided that you must degenerate into fighting and civil war. Stick together. I Sunshine agree with, Girl, with good, good luck with that. Yeah. Good luck with that. Right. But I agree with it. That's uh, that's good. Okay. My tinfoil hat says, I find it odd that they're going to do digital money, but there's a question about voting. Hmm, blockchain. Yeah, well, the blockchain would be the way to secure it in the future, and you're in Seattle. Okay, what's this one? Drink Sunshine Girl in the Land of Oz is drinking coffee at bedtime. 
So she can pretend she's in the States with us all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so a little caffeine. Hey, cheers. Cheers to you. I'm drinking mine. Okay. And uh, hey, you got a fan here, Adam. <laughs> there it is. Hey, she, Ivana says, go, Adam. I voted by mail and double-checked on her ballot in Miami. So you could have done it, Jason. Well, could have voted by mail and checked your ballot. And Julian Flash says both sides can assume that mail-in votes were manipulated if they lose in this race. Uh, yeah, That's of course. Dangerous. Of course, both sides will say that, but I think one is more susceptible to that fraud, and that's the Republicans. <laughs> and Gosling's Nest at Rionic Chalet J New York says software can solve all the voting problems. A single on your phone that is secure with validation you can use to vote. This is all BS. What century are we living in? Uh, well, I do agree with that. It's really amazing how primitive the system is. Yeah. I, you know, it, it it really is. But I would like to see, you know, much more voting if it were more convenient and were done electronically. Um, you know, there would there could be a lot more voting. Like we could vote, you know, during the debates, and we could vote for thirty people and weed them out in runoff elections. That's the way it should be done. You know, they do that in some countries, much better system, but we'll see. Hey, Adam, let's talk about the potential of a bubble. There's bubble. just not enough to say on the election yet, is there? <laughs> well, you'll have a whole lot more in the coming weeks, I feel. Yeah, it's, it's, it's like the old saying, T-E-T-T, -T, too early to tell. By the way, uh, as many of you know, uh, you regular listeners and viewers, um, we planned an election coverage this evening at five o'clock Pacific and uh, eight o'clock Eastern. And I might postpone that because <laughs> I just don't think we're going to know anything. You know, I think there's just it's just going to be, you know, I can't stand watching the the mainstream news media when they're just sitting there speculating. You know, they're just it's just like. Was it see the. Uh, Maybe CBS had a little map that they were pushing all the things to change the electoral college votes by state and going into each individual county. And I, I was like, man, I don't want to follow this. But I honestly didn't watch much election coverage last night. It, I didn't feel there was a point to it. Yeah. So, folks, just know that we might postpone uh, this <laughs> evening's uh, event and we might do it tomorrow. We might just push it back another day. Well, I don't know. You know, it's just I don't know yet. I don't know yet. I don't know yet. Okay, a couple more comments here before we get to the bubble. Pick a bubble, find a pin. <laughs> yeah, well, we're going to talk about that today. Kim says, I am so worried about our country's economy. If Biden gets elected, more and more debt is coming. Yeah, well, I agree, and I share your concern, Kim. That's uh, very valid. Okay, so let's talk about this in terms of a housing bubble. You know, everybody, you know, as soon as the COVID thing really hit, and that became a significant thing, People were talking about, hey, I can't wait. This bubble's going to pop. Now we're going to have a bubble. I'm going to get my chance again, the chance I didn't take during the Great Recession. And I'm ready. I'm going to pounce and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make all kinds of money buying cheap houses that are distressed. And, you know, I've said it before, but I, I just don't think that's going to be a significant thing this time around. We'll see, but let's talk about it today. Okay, we're going to share some statistics Adam has prepared some good stuff. I've prepared some good stuff. Let's dive into it. So on my side, I've been giving a presentation that I have not shared with my broader audience uh, about the possibility of a housing bubble. I have given this presentation uh, two times to live audiences, and I am going to turn it into a webinar for you. And we'll announce that 
here soon. Might as well wait till we uh, know who is going to control the executive branch, who's going to control the White House, because it might change my thinking a little bit. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Okay, here's the guy with the golf cart and his obnoxious music going by. See, I've got my window open. Oh, the weather in Florida is so beautiful right now, folks. It's just, <laughs> it's perfection. It's perfection. Absolute perfection. But back to the housing bubble. So, you know, when you look at a 100-year history, right, and, you know, people look at charts like this and they say, oh, my gosh, we must be in a bubble. Look at what housing prices have done. Look at what they've done. And, uh, and, and you know, this is the Great Recession and then uh, it goes back down. Now, this is the housing price index, okay? That's an index concept. So that's different than housing prices. It is not exactly the same thing. So here's another index, right? So this is the most widely quoted, the Case-Shiller Index, which has all sorts of flaws and all kinds of problems. I've busted the myth with this. And I'll just quickly say that 75% of the Case-Shiller Index is based on cyclical markets. Uh, as you know, I talk about three types of markets, linear, cyclical, and hybrid markets. And cyclical markets are more volatile markets. They do not reflect the broader country as a whole. In the country, there are almost 400 MSAs, or Metropolitan Statistical Areas. The Case-Shiller Index, the primary index, only profiles 20 cities, all right? And 15 of those 20 cities are cyclical markets that we would never recommend for investment. So you've just got to understand that the weighting of this whole index is misleading. And if you'd like more about that, it, you know, it takes a long time to explain and discuss it. Check out my podcast, The Creating Wealth Show, where we've gone in-depth on that topic and discussed it. But it is what it is, okay? So this chart is the Case-Shiller Index as faulty as it is, uh, but, you know, it is what it is. So it compares the consumer price index, which is also faulty, the CPI, which is a reflection of inflation, okay? And we've talked about that in detail, ad nauseum on the podcast. Um, but if you look at the consumer price index compared to the Case-Shiller housing price index, you can see, you know, here we are at that, that peak, the sort of 2006 era, and then we see it come down, we see it go back up again, and we see where it is now. So people look at this chart uh, without thinking, without understanding, and they think, oh my gosh, we must be in a bubble again because there's this big departure between the consumer price index and the Case-Shiller housing price index. Well, I'm not sure about that, and you shouldn't be sure about it either. This is very, very misleading, and we're going to show you why today. And before we get into Adam's part of the presentation, I just want to tell you that your rich uncle, Jerome Powell, <laughs> and my rich uncle and Adam's rich uncle, Jerome Powell, the chairman of the Federal Reserve, the largest, most influential, most powerful central bank on planet Earth, okay, uh, that is backed by the U.S. government in an unholy alliance, whole different discussion we won't get into, has given, Jerome Powell has given all of us a huge gift and we better take advantage of it. And we're gonna share with you why today. Again, we're gonna do a webinar on with a lot more detail on what we talk about today, but uh, we're just gonna give you a little sample of it today. So, you know, Adam, how do you invest in a bubble 
But the first question is, are we in a bubble? Well, maybe you don't want to answer that yet. It's, it's oh. your turn. <laughs> so this was put around whenever I was talking to somebody on the phone and I kind of got the uh, whole, well, of course you think real estate's going well because you're helping people buy real estate. And so it leads into the question of, do we actually think now, is now actually a good time to buy properties or are you just putting money into assets that are way too expensive? So if you go to the next one, go to the next slide, the question you have to ask yourself is, are Jason and I just a bunch of permabulls? And most of you probably know permabulls is a permanent bull on the market. In the stock market, you can't be a permabull, you can't be a permabear, it'll get you on TV, it won't make you a ton of money in the long run. I, I completely agree. So the most important thing to remember, if you're looking at this and coming at this, is the fact, as you're looking at the housing bubble, commandment number five, thou shalt not gamble. Be a prudent, long-term value investor, never a get-rich-quick gambler, speculator, or flipper by investing only in properties that make good financial sense the day you buy them. So when you're looking at, is this a housing bubble, the answer may be, yes, there is a national Case-Shiller housing bubble. But the question is, is my market in a housing bubble? Right. And that's going to be something that I want to talk about today. Okay. And let me pose one much broader issue uh, on top of everything that Adam said and, and I just said, is that the first question is, does it matter? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and, and, and here's what I mean by that. Most people view the whole real estate market as this one-dimensional asset class. And that is such bad thinking. Okay. It is just faulty thinking. And the reason is, is that it's not about buy low, sell high. It's not just about appreciation or depreciation, but that's the way most people view it. And that is absolutely silly. It's stupid. It should not be viewed that way. It's a multi-dimensional asset class. And as such, you've got, of course, price, you know, appreciation, depreciation, the value of the property, but you've also got the income from the property, the tax benefits from the property, the opportunity cost related to what happens when you wait. Okay, if you're trying to time the market, you know, it has been proven over and over again that in, in like any asset class, the market timers never win overall, whether it be stocks, bonds, real estate, even cryptocurrencies, you know, all of this stuff, okay? Market timing is a fool's errand, okay? But, you know, it, with with income property, it's the best because you don't depend on the price, the value of the asset, because you've got that income that sustains you through rough times. And when market declines, and you know there are different for market declines in, in the real estate world. Of course, one is that interest rates might be too high and housing affordability would be really low. Well, what happens when that happens? You have to ask yourself what happens. So when that happens, people don't buy as many houses. So they stay in the rental pool. 
I mean, you only really have three choices. You can buy, you can rent, or you can be homeless, okay? Someone at one of my conferences shouted out, no, you can live with your parents. <laughs> okay, <laughs> Yes, I guess that's a fourth option. But in the broad scheme of things, buy, rent, or be homeless, right? So when the market is, by most people's eyes, not doing well, meaning prices are depressed, and everybody thinks, well, it's not a good time to buy, or interest rates are too high, or it's too hard to qualify, or housing affordability is too low, whatever reason is keeping them from buying, the end result of that is they're staying in the rental pool. And if they stay in the rental pool, that puts upward pressure on rental prices. Great. Good for you. Okay, landlords, sit tight, raise the rent. Okay, you, you won. You won. So good for you, right? So it's a multidimensional asset class. And all you have to do with the beauty of income property, the most historically proven asset class in the entire world, is just adjust your strategy as times change. That's it. Sometimes you're in a cash flow market. Sometimes you're in a capital appreciation market. But you're always in a cash flow market in terms of the cash flow. It hardly ever goes down. And that almost never happens, okay? I mean, I don't want to say never because it, it does happen sometimes. Yeah. But almost never you got a cash flow market. Sometimes you have an improving cash flow market though, but you always have a tax benefit market. You always have leverage. You always have all of those ideal as the acronym characteristics we put as the first slide in today's presentation, okay? Yeah. So like Adam says, my commandment number five, thou shalt not gamble. You want to be a prudent long-term investor, and you buy properties that make sense the day you buy them. Okay, Adam, what were you going to say? I was going to say, you need to remember that when you buy the asset, you have set a floor. And if you buy an asset that makes sense the day you buy it, then you're currently standing over the floor. So as you're able to raise your rent and raise you know, the appreciation and all of that, your floor is not changing. Your floor is there. And it's, it just gives you a bigger and bigger drop that you can have before you reach that floor. And it's important to remember, even in bear markets, you can make money in the stock market. People make money in a down market. Yeah. You can make money in a down market in real estate as well. You can make money in a bull market. You can make money in a bull market in real estate. You can make money either way. It's like Jason was saying, you just have to adjust your strategy. So that is why you can be a permable in real estate. You just have to adjust your bullish goals in a lot, in some ways, or your strategies. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Let's grab a couple more questions and comments. Folks, Be feel free to post them. Tell us where you're uh, watching from or listening from and post any questions or comments. Adam, it's all you. Julian Flash says, politicians act like they are celebrities. News anchors act like they are politicians. <laughs> That's... Yeah, that's that's true and it's wrong, but you're it's a good observation for sure. Uh, Sunshine Girl, are any of you buying real estate? I am. Australia pledged more QE and cut interest rates to 0.1% yesterday. Gift. Yeah, but don't look that gift horse in the mouth. Yeah. Uh, my tinfoil hat says vans on sale down by the river. <laughs> hey, by the way, I got to mention something about vans. And Adam, you're a millennial. So, you know, I don't know if you're aware of this, but there's like a whole culture of millennials in this country living in vans, traveling around the country, mm -hmm. living what they call van life. I mean, yeah. I, I only recently became aware of this. It's 
absolutely shocking. Many of them have, you know, huge YouTube followings. They talk about how oh, yeah. they fixed up their van, how they live in their van, where they go, how they do what's called boondocking, which means not camping at a campsite. So it's, you know, free. They just camp on the street. So when you see vans on streets now, there's a lot of times there's people sleeping in them. And I don't mean like homeless people. I mean, voluntarily with the who are like digital marketers usually youtube influencer types living in their vans it's absolutely unbelievable yeah and there's even nowadays as a homeschooling parent i can say this there are people who do what's called road schooling and they take their family and they drive around and go to different uh different states different cities different venues to show their kids kind of the all about the United States and the history. And so they, like they'll go to Philadelphia and, you know, go see the Liberty Bell and study about that. And well, they won't go to Philadelphia now because there's riots. Uh, and guess what? They better go and show their kids the country and the Liberty Bell and the statues before they all get taken down. They're almost all gone now, thanks to the, the tolerant, loving, compassionate, accepting Democrats. <laughs> all right. Adam, who do you think the rioters are? I'm just curious as a Democrat. Who, who's who's rioting? Actually, party? it's both sides. Oh, oh God. They, okay, you're right. They're, they're, <laughs> they have arrested people at quote-unquote liberal rallies causing trouble who are right-wing extremists. I, I don't deny that there's like three of them. Okay. <laughs> you know, I don't deny that there's a few, but by and large, the rioters are Democrats. Okay. There's just no question about that. I mean, do you agree that at least the majority of the rioters are Democrats? Probably. Okay. See, Adam's a reasonable guy, folks. That's why I like him so much. He's a little bit wrong, but he's reasonable. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Okay, so the gold color says Chicom, California, the list of sellouts of past and present of our rights, money, and everything else is almost gone thanks to Pelosi equals Plopsy, Newsome Waters, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Plopsy, I don't know if that's a, a typo or if that was a derogatory comment. I'm not I sure. I think it's derogatory, but I don't know what it means. I think it's just kind of a funny <laughs> Pelosi is Plopsy and Gavin Nuisance and, and so forth. Yeah, California is a disaster. I mean, I think even even a even a, a Democrat would have to admit that, or at least a Democrat living outside of California. Adam, what do you say about California? You think it's a disaster? It it needs a lot of help, put it that way, at least. How did it get so messed up, Adam? <laughs> I don't follow it enough. I have a okay. feeling I know what you want me to say. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I'm not trying to influence. I don't. No, I genuinely don't know how California spent their their tax money as a state. I haven't followed it nearly enough to know how they've spent their money and how they've ended up where they are. Hey, by the way, folks, scrolling across the bottom of the screen is our most popular ever webinar on estate planning, asset protection and tax planning to reduce your tax bill. And, and hey, in election time, there's a lot of talk about taxes. So you can check out that absolutely free, fantastic educational webinar at jasonhartman.com slash protect. Uh, that's at the bottom of your screen scrolling across, jasonhartman.com slash protect. That is a brand new webinar. It's about, what, two weeks old on that topic. And, and people have really just loved that webinar. So go check it out, jasonhartman.com slash protect. This will be continued on the next episode. Thank you for listening and happy investing.
Thank you so much for listening. Please be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss any episodes. Be sure to check out the show's specific website and our general website, HartmanMedia.com, for appropriate disclaimers and terms of service. Remember that guest opinions are their own, and if you require specific legal or tax advice or advice in any other specialized area, please consult an appropriate professional. And we also very much appreciate you reviewing the show. Please go to iTunes or Stitcher Radio or whatever platform you're using and write a review for the show. We would very much appreciate that. And be sure to make it official and subscribe so you do not miss any episodes. We look forward to seeing you on the next episode. Oh, 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 o